Welcome to our semi-weekly essay for FAs podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors and active investors, including retirement planning, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today I wanted to discuss the necessity of having a long-term vision for your portfolio. Help us think through this exercise. I am referencing an analysis written for the British bank HSBC nearly a decade ago by economist Karen Ward called The World in 2050, which projected how the world economy would appear in 40 years. That date is now only about 30 years away, so it is also worthwhile looking to see how on track her projections are. Here are some of the things Ward's report foresaw about the world in 2050. Today's emerging markets would make up 19 of the top 30 economies, with China rising to the top spot. Collectively, emerging economies will be bigger than the developed economies. Among developed markets, Ward argues, this is a quote, the small population aging rich economies in Europe are the big losers. Switzerland and the Netherlands slipped down the grid significantly, and Sweden, Belgium, Austria, Norway, and Denmark drop out of our top 30 altogether, end quote. She also sees Japan's fortunes continuing to sink, estimating that the Asian nation's working age population will fall by 37% during that time. So what are we to make of these projections? First, it is important to note Ward does not offer investment ideas. Her paper is intended as providing an economic compass for HSBC clients. But it seems fair to surmise that HSBC, like virtually every other asset manager over the past decade, has been arguing that clients allocate more of their portfolios to emerging markets. Some investors, Warren Buffett notable among them, favor a U.S.-centric investment approach. As for me, I'm in between. I suspect that in 2050, we will see the world's economic weight skewed more in the direction of emerging markets. And if that's the case, investors allocating to emerging markets would profit from that trend. But for my part, I expect that most of the world's weaker economies today will remain as such in 2050. When I studied development economics decades ago, the impression I left with was that developed world economies stood in roughly the same relative position to the lesser developed world as they had a century earlier. I think there's more of an opportunity for a shift today as a result of the mistakes made by developed nations, particularly demographic suicide, and through the wise choices of a few up-and-coming nations. For that reason, I favor a selective approach to emerging markets rather than an indexing approach. While I expect China will continue to grow economically, I put no faith in the ability of a few mandarins at the top to make consistently wise economic choices, and I assume that whatever statistics are reported officially exaggerate the good news and minimize the bad news. I've long made India the focus of my emerging markets portfolio. Its economy has its shortcomings, but its free press is an aid to exposing, critiquing, and reforming its problems. Recently, I've been impressed with Brazil's shift towards free markets combination of a large, resource-rich economy and market reforms can be powerful, although I recognize things could turn again on a dime in the next election. That things move quickly and unexpectedly can be seen on Ward's list. She envisioned Venezuela making her top 30, moving up to 29 from number 36. Since the time she wrote a report, the Latin American nation's fortunes have fallen and its economy ranks number 65, according to the IMF. Indeed, Ward included a section on what could go wrong with her projections. I quote a small part of it. She wrote, The biggest danger is that the open borders that have delivered so much prosperity are closed. 
It's hard to see how such a wave of protectionism could benefit any individual economy and certainly not the system as a whole. But politicians' motivation tends to be about getting through the next election rather than long-term growth. As such, bad politics is a key risk to these projections. And of course, trade wars can be followed by real wars. End quote. In the end, I'd say that to prepare your portfolio for the year 2050, investors would do well to invest in a globally diversified stock portfolio that skews more heavily toward emerging markets than it perhaps used to, with due weight given to economies that benefit from the rule of law. Non-stock investments such as real estate could help diversify sources of risk and return, and an ample dose of cash can reduce volatility, provide dry powder against temptations to sell in falling markets, and aid in exploiting opportunities to buy low. One way or the other, though, we all need some sort of compass before we set out on our investment journey. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.